gather round, y'all, and settle <laughs> down, and we'll discuss the rating of frames. This is Frame Rate. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Swaim. I'm the other one. I'm the other host, Abe Epperson. Yeah, that's right, Epperson. Get that in there. And uh, that was my attempt at a normal, no muss, no fuss, basic podcast intro. How'd I do? Write in, long form, but by hand, write letters to us. I hated it. I hated it. Uh, it was awful. But this is indeed frame rate, where we rate frames. And as usual, we have a very, very special guest with us. Please holler special guest now. Hello. Hi. Hark. Verily. I felt like the intro was kind of um, medieval and we should keep going with that or something. That's a little fanciful. Yeah. <laughs> Gather ye round and hear of the frames. Uh, bards will sing tales evermore of Lydia Bug. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Classiest podcast. Classiest you know. possible guest we could have had on the classiest possible mm-hmm. podcast. And... Uh, yeah, we're uh, fittingly, you know, for such a fancy intro, we're discussing 1989's The Wizard. You can't get fancier than that. Yeah, more medieval. It's like it's mm-hmm. the theme. You did a great intro. Yeah. I guess <laughs> wizards are technically or yeah. often associated with medievalness, but not this movie. Um, people listening probably are familiar, unless you're, I guess, younger than us, but well... Lydia, you're younger than us. I know that because I listen to Dog Zone, and yes. they often they love to point out the age gap. I don't know why, but well, had you seen The Wizard before? No, I'd heard of it, and like the age gap isn't that big. It's like eight years, but somehow we grew up in different universes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I was listening that, to that your sense, your take on Arnold Schwarzenegger was very different than sean and roberts <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's not it's not negligible but you were aware of the wizard surely through like pop culture osmosis right yeah i think if i weren't like a person who writes about weird pop culture for a living i might not be aware of it but you kind of can't miss the uh failed power mm. glove movie like it's famously <laughs> that's <bad>. right <laughs> ding 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 it's the failed Power Glove movie and our first introduction or one of the first major swings from Fred Savage, who, of course, mm-hmm. is on the tip of everyone's tongues these days for all the fabulous work he does to this day. I didn't mean to dig at Fred Savage so hard just then. Abe, you <laughs> yeah. also have a unique relationship to the wizard, right? I just learned this last night when we were chatting. Yeah, I grew up with this one. Uh, I was a big shill for this. Uh, I basically had the VHS tape mm-hmm. and I just watched that thing into the ground. I don't know what it was about this movie. It just really appealed to me. Uh, yeah. For me, it was the labyrinth on Laserdisc. I, wore, I played that over and over until the glue started to dissolve. <laughs> Lydia, did you have a, we'll get into the wizard, but did you have like a movie you watched more than any other movie um, as like a 9, 10, 11 year old? Uh, yeah, I, was, I think it was a little bit younger, but I know I watched Mary Poppins so many times that my parents took it away and told me that it broke and that it could never be fixed. <laughs> nice. Um, that's always a good sign. There was a penguin <laughs> named Lydia in it, and I think that's the only thing that ah, I liked about it was that every uh, yes. once every hour and a half I got to hear my name. <laughs> Another copy cannot be acquired. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was the only copy. I think for uh, me, it was like um, just looking at Bo Bridges in this movie. I was just captivated as a young brows. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bo Bridges, father of Jeff Bridges. Am I getting that right? No. No, brother, no? right? <laughs> brother? brother. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the movie's not as old as I'm trying to make it out to be. <laughs> but interesting, because I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan, and I was like, oh, yeah, the other Bridges. Interesting. I can kind yes. of see the shadow of Jeff's face in there. Uh, yes. And before we get too far into the wizard itself, let's thank Nerd Numbers, who patronized us at the Pick the Flick tier. Thank you so much, Nerd Numbers, for bringing this film to our attention, I guess. I mean, we knew about it, but uh, as I was saying right before we started rolling, eh, there's a lot more to comment on than I thought there would be. (laughs) I was worried it would be one of those movies where we're just like, yeah, it was good, but no, there's a lot of weird like cultural artifacts in this film. That's Um, right. Yeah. So let's dive in. We usually start by throwing it to our guests right away. Uh, You had not seen it before. So Lydia, what was your 
just raw take on the wizard what stood out to you uh i just thought i can't believe that blatant like product placement this blatant could pass as a movie like i kept thinking what if the product they were talking about was like omaha steaks and they just kept stopping to the mm-hmm. movie to be like we have to quickly eat some delicious omaha steaks for like 10 minutes <laughs> like it wasn't well put into the movie all the time i felt like no, <laughs> baby's first all. product placement. Yeah. And it's amazing that it kind of shows what capitalistic whores we've always been. I don't know it. I it it's rudimentary product placement, but boy, it sure is woven in throughout the whole thing. Uh I I honestly there were moments where I think this is just a modern sensibility, but I was like, you could have crammed more Nintendo in there. <laughs> Like at at video game Ar- Armageddon, I expected there to be more product placement. To be honest, yeah, I expected more logos that, like, said Nintendo or Nintendo Power would, you know, have a. Mm. Although they did, Nintendo Power did have a like uh, marketing thing that they did for this uh, for this movie. Um, I don't know about you guys. In my rewatch, mm. I stood up from my chair and just started chanting games <laughs> several times. It does make you want to uh, yeah. play games, yeah. What really clicked for me was when Bo Bridges, the dad, suddenly they wake up in the hotel room after not yeah. bonding as father and son, and he's mm-hmm. like, now I'm addicted to the video game. Yeah. <laughs> Which Although is a I want to pull on commercial move. That is ag- absolutely what would just I happen in a Nintendo commercial. I want to point out that in that scene, he's playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all night, and it cuts to a score, and it's 500. <laughs> <laughs> so a, 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 a true gamer knows that you can't have that low of a score before getting the scroll, the scroll weapon. weapon. Yeah. <laughs> well, there were, I mean, if you're a serious NES head, uh, there are some definite like issues with, I mean, not the least of which is that they make the power glove look functional, which in real life it was not very functional. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love when at the end, Bo Bridges... By the way, it's about brothers traveling across country to compete in a video game tournament. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows the wizard. But I loved that at the end, Bo Bridges watching uh, Jimmy play Super Mario Brothers 3 shouts, watch out for the mushrooms. Yeah, like how does he Bo, know? <laughs> the mushrooms are not bad. You That's want helpful. the mushrooms. You want the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you saying like, get them, get those mushrooms. Or, or does but he think the Goombas are mushrooms? Uh, that is not. actually that's, pro- that's actually that seems like an ad lib. Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't supposed to know anything about video games. So when he was yelling at the end, I'm like, why are you giving him advice? You just learned v- what video games are like yesterday. Yeah, this guy, this kid is like so good at games and you're like saying you you can improve. Like, come on. Come and on. then Fred Savage is shouting, uh, find a warp, Jimmy, find a warp. If he finds right. a warp, he can skip levels. And you're like, how did you know that about that was introduced it's a in new game. Super Mario Brothers 3 and it's a new game they've never seen before. It's wild, man. They're wizards. <laughs> it's all in the name. They're wizards, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, ba- it basically follows the well, hey, here's a real deep cut that I've mentioned in podcasts before, but I loved it. Uh, anyone familiar with the game Willie Beamish, the video game? No. <laughs> no. That is a video game about a boy who runs away from home to compete in a mm-hmm. video game tournament. So I I was much more familiar with Willie Beamish than The Wizard, and I, I don't remember which was made when, but I just kept getting Willie Beamish flashbacks. That's not I mean, a productive avenue of conversation. Well, I will say that it's not very, that's not a, like, of course that story was told multiple times over multiple media, you know, like I'm, I'm a special boy and I like video games. Yeah. So, you but know, like, of course. What I find interesting and does, I think, speak to the era is that they both, decided to blend that with the a plot of running away from home well which used to be such an old saw that we were like yeah kids run away from home this happens all the time like cartoons had truant officers and stuff in them well and it's a it's a weird story of like this terrible family trauma that is grafted over a fun wacky video game adventure and it feels both like horribly overwritten i i paused i paused the movie twice to ask my husband what the relationship of everyone was to each other like the brothers because we could not Mm -hmm. figure it out there's like 
a, a death and a divorce and another a remarriage and then a child and a child death like it's it's complex it's a very yeah. complex family history where you could just be like yeah they got divorced and that would have been fine yeah they want to divorce dad for bro bridges they mm-hmm. also wanted it Dick not to be dad. son but half like his stepson yeah uh, it's like yeah there's a lot going on i think it's because there's actually secretly like um pretty regressive thoughts on like how you rear children or like how what are the social norms around rearing children that i think that that like really exposes that it like it has to be like your kids but not like your kids you know like there's a lot of that stuff to for them to get away with like wacky moments where like adults are like beating children in the street which we see in this movie yeah yeah there was there's this so there's two guys who are just real stone cold creeps. One is Bateman, who I wish I knew the character actor's name because he always plays dicks, and he has a face where you're like, yeah, he's casting is like he we seems need like a who smug looks like asshole. An asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's just an evil stepdad who doesn't care about the kid's welfare and just cares about like get me that kid. I need that kid. <laughs> he's my property. And then of course to track them down, they hire. And it's played as wacky, but my God, can we talk about Putnam? The child kidnapper? The professional kidnapper they hired? His job is to go around kids at one point, threatening people and being like, showing pictures of children and being like, You seen these kids? I need these kids. I want these kids. Anyone here seen some little kids? I want to grab them. Like he's, yeah. his job is just nonsensical. Well, I can't believe it ever existed. His whole deal is he doesn't get paid if he doesn't catch the kid. And I'm like, why did you make that pay structure for yourself? You invented this problem for you. No one is right. like, oh, yeah, this is the typical right. child catcher pay structure. You don't get paid unless you catch the kid. Like he made that up. He had oh, yeah, that's a great point. Putnam could have just asked for some money up front for services rendered. Yeah. Instead, he's literally like, oh, the parents are also looking for the kids. I must foil them. I'm going to slit because their tires. I won't get paid. Like, yeah. like, you guys are both acting like you know how hard it is to work in the child snatching, you know, like racket. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, my it dad is, was a that, child that's snatcher. That's just so. the stand. <laughs> exactly okay so you know that's just the payment structure it's unfortunate we should have unions it it's this whole era of like a parent free universe and obviously this movie actually has like multiple sets of parents but i just mean i also was constantly wondering where is Haley's either parent like even by the end of the movie Haley is now Treated as if she's adopted by them, or That's like they I all thought. drive they away together. Took, took Haley home with them, and I'm like, I don't think we you can do that. We get one scene. <laughs> we get one scene. We know that uh, her dad's a trucker, and he's just never home. Mm-hmm. And we know nothing about mom. I think. Well, she had a gambling um, problem, but yeah, and she's gone now. Yeah, I think she jetted out. Yeah, exactly. So, what's crazy to me is that it's kind of like you. I think you nailed it, Michael. It's really haunting in the way it shows all this stuff casually. And what I find not most appalling about it, but most like, I don't know, most interesting as like an experiment of like, look at this 1989 time machine, this this little time capsule, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that it's it's really trusting that the audience, which is by design, largely children We'll see adults are unhelpful, like liars who will hinder you from being sympathetic to one another in that way. It's like it's like Spielberg on heroin. It's it's really like look at the dark side of like what happens when you don't have a nuclear family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also partially because it's transitioning between like the 80s where kids could do whatever they wanted to the 90s where you were like more right. well looked after and it, i felt that a lot in the thing with the little sister where they were like yeah no one was watching the little sister and then she like drowned mm-hmm. and that's like the thing that actually launches the movie because that's Jumps, what makes jimmy yeah. so traumatized they imply that he's like autistic or something and then you find out that he's just yeah. extremely traumatized and they've basically just written him off because of it they're like oh yeah something's wrong with him 
And it's like, it's, it's yeah, that he saw Fred his... Savage is like, do you see what he does? He just sits here doing nothing. He's sick. And he's like, <laughs> uh, very clumsy handling of neurodivergence all throughout the whole thing. Also, I thought it was, I just, as, as not remembering that the final reveals Super Mario Brothers 3, how much of a planned payoff would it have been if it was Tetris? Because he's constantly stacking things. He's good at stacking things. Yeah. Am I crazy? I thought it was going to be a Tetris reveal. There was uh, on the Blu-ray, there's a f- featurette where it talks with the um, the director, Todd Holland, who remarks that he was very scared. I think that might actually been a design of the script that was left out because um, the year before... Rain Man became like one of the biggest movies in America Hmm. and they were very scared of just being considered a Rain Man knockoff even though the years don't really match up because the year that this came out this had already been in production you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but people don't know that they just respond to last year Rain Man came out and this has a neurodivergent kid and he's doing all that stuff that Rain Man was doing right Um, so it's not again in that time late 80s not the greatest time for portrayal of people with autism. We never get verified that um, diagnosis in this movie. No, but and in fact, they're they clearly treat it going for it. Though. That that like they don't treat it as if he was born with that issue. They treat it that like <clears throat> he saw his sister drown and then it switched on, or he's been right. like that ever since, which is very. Weird. Weird and not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it can only have happened like three years ago. When you look at the picture of the sister, she's very close Mm -hmm. to his age and he's very close to the age that he is now. So it's like, this just happened. This kid's recovering Uh and they're all like, oh, I don't know. So so I I guess he's he's autistic or something. Like he has some kind of neurodivergent issue. And they're all just like, Mm -hmm. have accepted that, which is really weird to me. And then they find out that he's really good at video games and they're like, that resolves that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right. just such a weird He like, went to California. Mm-hmm. That's the, because he's always saying California. What happens when they like drive back to Utah and he's still like California again? Yeah. You know, they're and like, it, well, we it's I also guess we have to live there. Amazing to me that how clearly the whole thing is obviously shot in California. I don't know. Just as someone who's driven up and down Southern California repeatedly throughout my life, that opening shot that is just an abandoned child walking on the side of the road saying California uh, and getting picked up by the cops, which because it's the eighties goes better than it would like in modern day. Um, I'm like, you're in California, bro. You're clearly in California. This whole thing is in California. Like, you're you're saving money to the point that you're shooting on the Universal Studios backlot, and you have an action sequence that's the tram tour at Universal Studios. I right. doubt that you went to Ohio or wherever they're supposed to be from Oklahoma to actually shoot this. I just, I didn't look it up, but I highly doubt it. And they were like at the Vasquez Rocks at one point, right? From Star Trek? I thought I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like it was, yeah. <laughs> well, and then the resolve for Jimmy, or Jimmy slash Jenny, the, is that he takes them to a famous like uh, tourist trap side of the road attraction with a bunch the of concrete dinosaurs. Cabazon dinosaurs, which in inland Southern California, yeah. Yeah, and leaves her picture there which fred savage translates for the family he's like i guess he just wanted to say goodbye he's fine now we can leave (laughs) but uh also interesting point just because it's all about video games i'm pretty positive that's the same tourist trap that fallout new vegas based a very particular area on where you it was yeah you snipe someone from the mouth of the t-rex if i recall in that game um i I mean, it was made huge in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure a few years e- before this came out. Oh, yeah, that's this right. this is in Pee-wee's, yeah. Hey, you want to hear a, a, an amazing fact about the Cabazon dinosaurs? Yes. Sure. Well, the creator of it died, and it went to some like, other people group, mm-hmm. and uh, they turned it into a creationist museum. Oh, boo. <laughs> so you walk into these dinosaurs, and you learn about how, like... Adam and Eve were like riding dinosaurs and stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. See things 
thank God that we're no longer as backwards as we were in 1989. Yeah. We've come so far. Yeah. We're so good. Anyway, we're you so see these kids? I got to snatch these kids. <laughs> yeah. I hate kids. Did you notice when he finds the kids in the casino and Haley yells, he touched my breast, which is like, uh, yeah, that's the defense there. That's obviously like, that's what I was worried about the whole time is that Putnam's that kind of creep. But, uh, she banks off that and the cops come and drag him out. No one follows up with the kids. Yeah, well, and no. he was actively, like, kidnapping a child. He's dragging a child out of this arcade, and everyone's letting him. And then she yells, he touched my breast. And they rip the child out of his hands. They're like, hey, quit kidnapping that kid. This guy's a pervert. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they suddenly become upset about it and tear them apart at that moment. And I'm like, nobody was That's like, what they needed. Yeah. don't drag this screaming kid out of here before that. That's what I think. It's like it doesn't open. It doesn't. It's not that good of a movie because it doesn't give like any answer to this stuff or any like way out. It just shows what's going on. But that is like almost that's like almost brilliant to show like the the concept that we're like we see a child being like grabbed by uh, uh, like an adult a professional man. child snatcher. <laughs> yes. pro- yeah. And we're like, this is all fine. It's probably their his father. You know, and this is like discipline Mm. or something like that. But then you're like, oh, by the way, that's not that kid's father or that that's not that kid's like guardian. Yeah. And it's suddenly like, oh, now then that's terrible, which rightfully so. But it's like pointing out like the whole it's pointing out the whole like hypocrisy of like when we trust kids versus not, which is very frustrating for kids, uh, you know, as we've all been. And it's just like, okay, that's kind of where the point of the view of the movie is that's actually kind of cool for something that wouldn't usually talk about this remember this is an ad you know why are they even talking about the loose complacency of uh complacency of exposing children to violence and abuse from adults like why why is that even in the conversation i don't know yeah i think yeah it is it just speaks to how parenting has changed over time, right? It was a free range kid environment and everyone like, because it's an ad and because, you know, deep in your heart, the wizard is not trying to say anything like the movie, the wizard is not trying to comment on society. I think it's almost a great way to get to know like what the social mores of that time were because it's not trying to ruffle feathers. It's depicting basic lowest common denominator shit. And I guess at that time it was normal for you to just like be 12 and make out with your, (laughs) you know, another 12 year old on the roof of the RV with no parents anywhere for miles and no one cares. And this is all fine. Were you hitchhike and you're riding in the back of a truck and some twangy banjo music plays over two grown men who rob and relentlessly. Oh my God. The guys that rob them. Yes. Yeah. That's like so close to a scene that ends with the children dead in a ditch that it's yes. like amazing that it is in the movie. Yeah. yeah right. Really weird. That, that and the guys that like beat them up and chase them in their truck, like yeah. mm-hmm. all very dangerous stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, wild stuff. Wild, wild <laughs> yeah. stuff. Speaking of wild, how about that extra the featured extra at the pool who is a very old man in a Speedo, in a speedo one sock, a and a trucker hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote that down, yeah. too. You, I'm surprised you mentioned that featured cameo. Uh-huh. Did you not see the uh, part of uh, Lucas, Lucas being the guy with the power glove? His gang at the Toby end of McGuire. the movie? <laughs> Toby McGuire really? with a what? mullet. <gasps> yeah, little baby uh, McGuire with a mullet. a mullet. I did not notice that at all. Yeah, he's just standing there. He's a tiny little Goomba watches Lucas and he's like, yeah, you're cool. Lucas. Is he dork lips? No. No. No, okay. Because at one point Lucas says, hey, dork lips, do something useful and get me a cold drink. And I, yeah. I'm going to work that into my lexicon. Dork, dork lips was not long for this world. I don't think he made it to LA. Mm-hmm. Like he... He has a slight. Lucas has a sliding scale of like cronies. Uh, in fact, at the beginning of the competition, Tom McGuire isn't there. There's a scene where that we meet Lucas and he's got some, you know, of his nerds behind him. And then at the end of the competition, you see Toby McGuire. So he's just like accruing kids. He's got nerd numbers. You could tell that the writers yeah. really struggled with kid insults because there was. 
door clips and then at one point oh, the bad guy so called a kid fruit fly yeah that's Buzz extremely off, my, fly. yeah it's extremely like extremely my that's shit. like hard-boiled detective 40s slang yeah yeah all right flute frot fruit fly kick rocks uh how did lucas my question is because lucas is from nevada and came here for this I guess he's rich because he has 97 oh, games, sure. which is very particular he's richest, about. Yeah. He's like the richest kid in in the land. But my question is, did he bring a gaggle of kids with him to support him? Or is he so bad that wherever so he bad. goes, he like attracts a flock of cronies? I think it's yeah, attraction. It's what do you think, for Lydia? Sure. They're, they're orbiting him. I love that. That kids just see Lucas and they're like, yeah, dude. God. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's a meme, but it like it never comes back enough. The I love the power glove. It's, it's so bad. So bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just as I wa- watched it, I decided that that's gonna be my response anytime anyone asks me mouse or keyboard versus controller. <laughs> <laughs> just because, god damn that delivery. God damn, Lucas, you're so fucking cool. He's so bad. <laughs> He's so bad. He's so bad, and dude. You can tell because of all the Vision branded shit that he wears. I Vision was. This is a really weird nitpick, but Vision was, I wonder if they paid any amount of money toward the production of this film because, or if they were just like the popular cool kid brand at the time, because if you look for it, there's Vision stuff all throughout, almost as much as there is Nintendo stuff, which struck me as odd. Uh, Yeah. Speaking of the Power Glove being bad, I just want to give the little spiel for anyone who's not aware that like... The power glove sucked. It was terrible. (laughs) Everyone agrees. It was basically a thing you were on your forearm that had the NES controller sewn into it. Plus, the promise was that it had motion controls. It was one of the first things with motion controls. And of course, Nintendo now is famous for like, they're the, right? They're the one console gaming thing that will do weird stuff with their every time they come out with a new thing they're like it works like Mm -hmm. this now it has the Wii wand and you gotta wave it around or it has the switch and it has a dock and all this crap Yeah, but this was like their first foray into that and it was based on this technology that had like something like 32 or 64 positions it could measure in space and all this stuff. Wasn't it like mercury based or some like archaic shit? Oh, well, originally remember. the the good version, but then Nintendo saw it and was like, we're going to make a mass produced, marketable, like simple to make version of this technology. Uh, I forget what it was. It was used by, I don't know, the military or scientists or something, but they're like, mm-hmm. let's make it for gaming. And the way they made it cheap is instead of having like gold filaments or mercury or whatever it was, because they couldn't do that on a mass scale, they used conductive ink. Uh, which, if you can imagine, rubbed That's, off really, yeah. really fast. And right. the NES could only process up to one byte of locational uh, data at a time. So instead mm-hmm. of 64 positions or whatever, it had four or eight. Um, I'm fudging all the numbers, but basically they took like f- cutting-edge technology and made it intentionally very crappy so that it could be cheaply produced. And man, there was a glut of this stuff at the time. Like I was a Sega kid, so I had the Sega equivalent, which was this ring that you put on the ground that shot LED lights up vertically, and Mm -hmm. it would measure when you interacted with the light. So in the commercial, it made it seem like if you're playing Street Fighter, you're actually punching and kicking and your character punches and kicks. In reality, you are squatting (laughs) and holding your hands over various lights to like press a it's almost like playing twister like to press a put your hand here to press b put your hand here and the power glove was very similar in this movie we see lucas controlling a car as if he's steering and that's basically the slight yeah it's the only use case that works like otherwise you're trying to play super mario brothers by like tilting your hand to the right to make him go to the right so it actually it did sucked. work the way I'm they, they showed this. in the movie because i was i wondered if they cut a bunch of it out because it's only really in one scene and the villain uses mm-hmm. it i thought it was like a really weird way to deploy it and i wondered if like right. it, it was so bad that they had to cut other instances of it in the movie or something I don't know i think all it needed was i think plot wise all you needed to do is show how like 
cool and cutting edge he is, and that's done with one appearance of it. I actually think that you can tell when he actually does cut. There's an over-the-shoulder shot of him, like, uh, angling his wrist and driving the car. Uh, and you can tell that it's a little latent. Like, the ki- the actor clearly knew. They have pre- pre-played footage, and he learned the role of the tape um because he's late a few times um so it's like definitely they when they shot it they didn't care to like plug in a power glove at any point and by all reports from the era it did not work i mean you can look at reviews of the power glove from the time and uh it was a piece of shit i gotta say i thought the uh i love the power glove is so bad is obviously highly mimetic and great I, I thought the follow-up line was just as flabbergasting, which was Fred Savage saying, yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves off her, pal. <laughs> and you're like, that's the first inkling that he likes Haley? Like, I was, yeah. It came out of nowhere, man. <laughs> right. No, has anyone, did anyone make an advance? Like, it's also just like out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, like this kid's just like all about this power glove and he's like, stop being a creep, man. Yeah, like he wasn't going to hit weird. on her. And then Fred Savage said that. And then on the uh, way out, he's like, hey, come here. <laughs> I'm going to hit on you now. I've decided. I'm going to hit on you. Yeah. It just occurred yeah, exactly. to me that, yeah, he, yeah, that's true. Fred Savage brought it in. And to Lydia's point, it does make, it would have made total sense if, Jimmy won at the end using the power glove. Yes. That seems like a more fitting That's what thing. I was waiting for. Right. Like, of course, it's going to come down to God. them using the power gloves, and that's why it's the power glove movie. And then it was like, nope, right. Mario 3. Okay. Makes me wonder if it's really more the Super Mario Brothers 3 movie, because yeah. that does mm-hmm. deserve to get shilled and was a huge success. So I don't know if the power glove was just an aside or they're trying to get their cake and eat it too, but... Yeah, Super Mario Brothers 3 is super good. Like, the poster has Fred Savage wearing the glove and, like, thrusting his arm into the air, and Fred Savage doesn't touch the power glove in that movie. Right. Right, yeah. Nor does uh, nor is Fred Savage the one who even plays video the video games. games. Yeah. Like, I, does he ever? We see Haley play a video game. We see Christian Slater. We see Bo Bridges. I don't think Fred Savage ever picks up a controller. No, he hates games. <laughs> yeah. His goal is just to get Jimmy from point A to point B. Right. Uh, and somehow he... I was surprised at some of the stuff they ellipsed. Like, it cuts to them after walking through the Nevada desert all day, which would fuck you up. Like, that would damage your body. Um, and he somehow made a roaring fire. <laughs> it's just on the side of the road. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. see how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. he does pretty well as like a survivalist. Let's yeah. see. Calls Haley Zelda. She says, boy, yeah. is that sexist? He says, it's not sexist, it's romantic. And then he implies she might be gay, which gets her to kiss yes, him. Yes, that was so weird. I was like, is he uh, hinting that he thinks she's gay? And then she's like, I'll show you. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, what I a guess. weird way to yeah. do the kissing scene. And yet, yeah, I got to say... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the kids very talented for the material they were given. Like uh, Jenny yeah. Lewis is good in this. Yeah, Jenny Lewis. Wait, does everyone everyone knows Jenny Lewis? Yeah, right? from Rilo Kylie. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. This is all crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. What a weird confluence of events this movie yeah. really is. Yeah, it's just right. an astounding nexus of random nonsense. Fred Savage and Jenny Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a weird and Bo Bridges and Christian Slater. We haven't really even talked about Christian Slater. Yeah, that that plot line was so unnecessary. I don't understand. It's messy too. It's messy because they're like they love each other the whole movie, and then suddenly he's just like, "Fucking, I can't talk to my father." <laughs> I'm gonna play know, video games about sleep. it. <laughs> like, yeah, because <laughs> you can't sleep at a hotel. What the fuck is happening? And then the resolution is not, I love you, son. It's, I also love video games yes, now. Yes, that's his whole Yeah, me it's like, <laughs> it like turns out our young, your younger brother is good at video games. All of our problems have gone away. You're going to jail, motherfucker. You <laughs> almost killed a man with your car. Yeah. You assaulted but, someone with a shovel. That's right. Well, yeah. Like- I mean, he has a custody agreement where he never sees this kid ever, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, I guess they're waving that. Yeah, I guess that's over at the end. Like they never mention it, but he's like, you know what? You know that custody agreement I signed where I never see my son. I've rethought that because mm-hmm. of video games. Thank you, Nintendo. And that's the power of gaming. <laughs> Not only that, but it, I'm pretty sure it's mildly implied that they're gonna get back together, right? Like Bateman. I think so. Bateman's yeah. out in the cold. Yeah, he's like, all right, fuck. I think Nintendo <laughs> broke up that marriage. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. I admire the boldness of this movie also, trying to coin the term video head. Yes. As opposed mm-hmm. to like gamer, you know, like they're like, there's just, there's so many of us, so many video heads. It's like, wow, it's really confident. It's usage. <laughs> there is no great term though, I will admit, because like, Working at IGN, the editorial team is constantly arguing about. So, like, they used to call, you know, in articles, they would refer to games because <laughs> you try not to be redundant. So, you they'd right. be like, I'm sick of putting the word video game a hundred times in every article. Mm-hmm. So, people, right. there's like a lot of debate internally with like video game journalists of like, can you call them that titles? Is no, they're always uh... games. Well, can you call them gamers? No, players is better. Users sounds more professional. There's like a lot of people very invested in what do you call someone who plays a lot of video games? I don't think there's a right answer. They all sound dumb. Yeah, I think gamers has Nintendies. a bad rap now too, I feel like. Gamers. <laughs> yeah. Gamers. Epic gamers. Well, Nintendies. And you wonder Cigars. why. <laughs> or I mean, I don't really wonder because I've traced the whole thing my whole life. But some people wonder why, like, there's so much overlap between gamer culture and, you know, Gamergate and negative attitudes towards women or uh, anyone who doesn't fit into, like, the I'm uh, basically Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas <laughs> is the, the epitome. Guy. <laughs> and then you see a movie like this that's trying to sell video games. And the fucking at the final climax, cause they there's three people and there's two we care about, and the third mm-hmm. one is a girl gamer named like Mora Grissom, who they clearly cast to be like she sucks. Look yeah. at her, she sucks. <laughs> Get like, her out of the way. And you wonder why you can't sell, or at the at that time at least, you wonder why you don't sell games to girls. Like it's crazy. Yeah, if yeah. we're gonna cast a girl gamer, we gotta make sure we like put her in a hairstyle that's way too young for her, and these like braided pigtails, and then we gotta put these like mm. huge glasses on her and a big big shirt, and just just make her look like she does not care <laughs> that she's gonna be like on right, stage in yeah. front of hundreds of people. <laughs> Right, that's the truth. <laughs> no, not even epic gamers look like Lucas. Lucas is too cool for epic gamers. You know what I mean? Like he's got too, he's got too many. Uh, he's got too much. Yeah, fashion he looks like one of the kids of from the time. BK Kids Club. Is what I thought. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, he's got his finger on the pulse, man. That's that's the thing with Lucas. He's so bad. Yeah, he's bad. <laughs> He's just straight up bad. Yeah, there's. It, yeah, it's surprising to me that like they are because there is this like, you know, I the idea about movies about mm-hmm. like reflecting back to the community what the community is. There's some like salient moments like you're mentioning in terms of like the uh the you know portrayal of uh female gamers and then there's also this like portrayal of like like it's slightly gatekeepy. To be like, this is how, this is exact, this is like the unlock for like Bo Bridges and for Christian Slater is just, you got to just spend time with it. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. That's another thing that is very conducive to like an ad for something. It's propaganda for gaming. And it's very interesting that they chose their characters. Like I keep coming back to this is not an ad, even though like you write it down on paper, it is entirely an ad but like why are all these themes and messages involved about like they're trying to appeal i think to an audience that is like the audience that considers uh, adults kind of a threat uh you can't get what you want unless adults are there that's obviously a childlike you know theme mm. uh but that the world is about lying and cheating and stealing to get help like there's no help coming you have to be on your own and survive literally in the wild before you talk to like parents because they just don't get it. And this is exactly what we're telling gamers. This is what life is like. 
at this age you know that's just a really weird like narrative to involve mm-hmm. in like getting your entire community to rally and be like yeah this represents me um it's bold move i don't know how they thought this was a good idea. Well, it, I just, yeah, this is the high, high drama of it <laughs> on top of the commercial. Yeah, like you said, it's like so right. unnecessary to put in when it could have been a fun little romp about video games and just cut like half this cast, make it a lot cheaper and have a lot more scenes of people playing video games. Right, yeah. It could have done that. It seems you, like they're easily. trying to present a wide array of the types of people who they think should be playing games almost as if they're like, look, it's not just your little brother or you or the cool kid Lucas down the block. It's also your older brother loves video games. Your Mm -hmm. dad loves video games. And I just find it so fascinating that they're like, not Haley though. (laughs) Also the, the girl in the family, she drowned before the movie started. (laughs) Like, Let's not get into that. It's still so tunnel visiony. And then speaking of surviving in the wild, because we just covered uh, one of P.T. Anderson's very first movies called Heart Eight, the whole premise of which is that there's a bet in craps that's almost impossible to get, which is a heart eight. And uh, the whole guy's life in that movie revolves around, you know, every once in a while going into the casino and betting a heart eight. And he feels like there's some meaning to it if he ever gets it. Haley has this trucker named Spanky casually. Let's talk about Spanky. Casually get a hard eight, which seems to render everything moot. Like if Haley can do craps that well, they could make more than 50 grand easily. There's no need for all this shit. Go to the casino and use Spanky to just keep pushing craps. They get caught. That's the problem. They're like, you can't, you, you can't do it with kids. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing that they kick him out for is not that he, like any pit boss would have immediately been like, you guys are talking to each other and that's just not allowed. <laughs> right. But it goes on for like 18 rounds where she like yells says at like, him. no, do this. No, this. And she's like a wizard. Yeah. Right? And. She's just so good at it. In what is like, I th- I'm pretty sure a game of chance, right? She doesn't know where the dice is going to fall, but she knows. No, it's literally guessing. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, true. That's... Maybe the wizard refers to Haley's uncanny gambling ability. <laughs> she just understands. <laughs> which is dark when you consider that her backstory is mom left because she has a gambling problem. I'm also really uh, good at gambling. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that was more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, like her yeah, origin yeah. story. <laughs> But uh, did, was anyone right, else yeah. bothered by the fact that she called him the wizard when she was missing a huge opportunity to call him like a Game Boy? Like Game Boy could have been the title of this. <laughs> Game Boy would have been better. Head, yeah. Arcadian something. Yeah. Yeah. I, now I wish it was called the Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just he really cool. He is the Game Boy. Like, All- why would you not call it the mm-hmm. Game Boy? <laughs> Here's another thing about Spanky. You know, he he seems lovable, but they're really scamming him. Because when they walk out, Healy gives Spanky ten dollars of the dollars ten dollars of the awarded four hundred, which he just had in his hands. Yeah. None of this would exist without him. He has an easy pitch to fifty fifty. Right, uh, if right. not more yeah. if not more because he's like fuck off like you're getting this for His free prize is that he gets to be the only good adult in the entire movie uh yeah the truckers and the bikers are og in this game or in this movie sorry they're like so everyone every other adult sucks except for bikers <laughs> In truckers. Well, in so the cops, kids. which is also such a classic vantage, is right. like, oh, when you're really in a scrape, though, you can always call the cops. The cops, cops will, will come to your you. aid, but it's yeah. like they have to. You know, it's yeah. really only the bikers and the truckers that help Choose kids to. when they ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. just like I, I, I'm on hard times, which, you know, is also a good lesson to be telling kids. <laughs> I love. Yeah. Yeah. If you need someone to commit assault uh, against a professional child snatcher, truckers, truckers will help. Yeah, you. that was. Like punishment. The police apparently did nothing. The truckers punched him in the face and then let him go. That's what happens if you molest a child, apparently, in the 80s. You get a little, you get whacked, you go on your way. (laughs) Yeah, it's also weird that it's a, I guess it's just a makeup decision, but 
Putnam is shown after, you know, we cut away after the Trekkers are told, yeah, mm. this guy molested your friend, your child friend, Haley. And they go, oh, that ain't good. Uh, and then we cut and we see Putnam and he's got like a fat lip and a black eye. I'm like, really? His head wasn't caved in by a tire iron. Huh. huh. I, I yeah. assumed he would be food for vultures at this point. Yeah. yeah, I assumed that man is dead. When we cut away from that sequence, the their opening punch is like this meaty punch that you know mm. that that has to be where like the black Damage eye was done. From. Yeah. Yeah, so that that way you assume as soon as it cuts away, it's just like five men standing in the road just silently <laughs> and going all right, you can go now. You may go now. Let me back up my truck so you can get your car through. All right. Yeah, exactly. And there you go. God, there Godspeed, you go. sir. He also, Don't do that he again. He noticed that when he was on the phone right after the police let him go, he's like, I touched her breast. She doesn't have a breast to touch. And I was like, that. Oh, why boy. would they oh, put that line boy. in? Why? Why? I don't know why they put it in. I don't. That like, was a legal is... defense in 1989. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's all you had to Your say. Honor. I know it was done to make him more creepy. And they were like, it's funny if he like in denying it actually says the words to make it sound like he's he's he, he's culpable. Yeah, that's what they're going for. But it's so like loosely surrounded around that, that it doesn't really translate and makes me just think they put in a line where he thought he could get away with it. <laughs> Uh, There's just no way that that job exists as a category of job and everyone right. who is attracted to doing that work is not a pedophile. <laughs> like, I don't, right. that's all you would get, right? It's like we try uh, to have Roblox or whatever and they infiltrate. If there was a, if there was a job called professional, like child recoverer, Anyone who applies for that job, I would just immediately arrest. <laughs> like you can't, you can't want to do that. It's not allowed. You show up for the job interview to catch a predator guy is already there. <laughs> he's already like, there. He's just what like, what did you want to? And he's like, hey, I didn't need to see. Anything. She's flat as an ironing board, man. And you're like, that just sounds worse. Yeah, you just that, sound worse now. Really bad. I mean, that's not even a confession, but I feel like we can use that in court. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like it. Which I believe. I love the. I was oh, just say, I think Jeff Bridges at one point says, you catch children for a living, like, you should be arrested or something. And I'm like... No, you should be shot. That's what I thought. He says, you I should, thought he you said that, and I shot. thought, I can't... I wrote down, he said, you should be shot, and I'm like, I must have written that wrong. Because nope. I was like, your wife hired him to do this. <laughs> or your ex-wife hired him to perform this service. Yeah. And he's like, so... how dare you do your job? You should be shot. Which I agree with. But like in the fiction of the movie. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> like, I thought it was a good thing he was supposed to be doing. I don't know. Right. It, it gives yeah. you real cognitive dissonance. Because on the one hand, it seems like it's a simpler, naive time where the idea of uh, exactly. uh, child molestation is not even on the table. Uh, but then when he says, when she says he touched my breast, I was like, oh, so the people around are aware of the idea that a child could theoretically be molested. Okay. That's right. Like yeah. I didn't even, I thought it, I thought that wasn't even going to enter into it or something, or we were being too innocent for that. Um, but that like throws so much into question. Well, right. if that was a concern, why did you hire this guy to do this? <laughs> and then also set out to do his job yourself it's weird it's, it's just so there can be a cross-country chase right yeah that's, I mean, that's really real it's a road answer. movie and it needs to end with a road movie like conclusion but it's so low stakes because uh, it doesn't feel like that guy could catch right. them like it doesn't feel like he has any chance so i'm i was never worried that he yeah, would he catch sucks. them yeah he's also pretty shitty in, at his job <laughs> Uh, he does get his hands on him, and yeah, I mean, there's that the the climax. Uh, like I assume people have seen it, but it's the it was something that I think all kids it's wish it's kid wish fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. That I have always wanted to do that. When you go to like Universal Studios or anything that's like a scripted space like Disneyland, it's like all equally fascinating, right? Not just to experience the scripted part where it's like, oh, this feels like I'm in, you know, Indiana Jones, where you really want to get behind the scenes, right? You want to like see like, how do they do that smoke? Oh, it's a smoke machine. That's so fucking <laughs> rad. Like as a kid, you love that shit. And that's where they like walk around is they 
go at all the machination machinations of the King Kong like thing, the yeah. behind the scenes stuff. That's why I thought it was going to be like a lot more like revealing of a movie where it was going to inspect stuff because they're literally trying to they're wiping away the the varnish. They're literally saying like let's look at the like the other side of the things that we fall in love with. And it doesn't do that either. It's like a very um, walk up to the door with all these problems, reveal a lot of the inherent hypocrisy of how we do child rearing in this, in this uh, society. And then it just walks away because it's an ad, yeah. I guess. And then at the end, it plays some video games. Everybody loves video games, right? Yeah. Everyone loves it. <laughs> Even yeah. Putnam's like, I know that kid. I'm, I, this is all fine. I'm for this right. now. <laughs> that was the other weird thing. He's like, I know that kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. You're going to get arrested. You've been beaten. Uh, your car's destroyed. You didn't. You're not going to get paid. You've established paid. the fact that you failed at your job, so you're not getting paid. Like, no what is Putnam's going to go home and eat a bullet? Like, there's <laughs> yeah, nothing left gonna, for him in life. He's gonna Richard Corey, the shit. <laughs> His only joy is in getting some glory off of knowing the kid that won the video game tournament. God. And he's but their the, enemy. Yeah. Like his joy is uh, at least I was beaten by the best. This kid. <laughs> you just you guys just don't understand the high you get from chasing kids, okay? You just don't it, understand. You do it for the love of the game, that's right. You really it really is addictive. It's it's a problem. Also, neither here nor there, but highly unorthodox video game tournament. It's, you know, video game term esports is now the term and it's a very well established Mm -hmm. thing. And uh, you'd never just do it based on raw score in 10 minutes on a new game no one's ever played before. It was early days. Not a very good (laughs) test of skill. Not a very good test of skill. There's a lot can happen. So it needs to be. Yeah, you're right. Uh, But I will say uh, they absolutely nailed the uh, like. So there's two guys that we meet at video uh armageddon which Mm. is i think is the name of that thing and there's two guys we meet who like work for it and we get a real like deep inside of like oh this is who they are which is the guy that like checks them in who's just very good at his job very good at his job he's just there to like hype the kids up your and he hypes them so up he's like yes this is games you know and then the other other guy is the announcer who's just obviously he's just doing it for a job but he's really making oh my god the energy of of the announcer i wrote down that guy seems like he thinks he's in mad max like if one of these kids loses like they're gonna get eaten like that's the energy he's bringing to the role he's going to weep he will weep openly in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then the Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Woods. And like, imagine oh, the moment gimme, gimme, gimme. from Jimmy his point Woods. of view when that kid inexplicably lowers down <laughs> to the stage on an <laughs> elevator and he's just like, right. I don't know how that happened, but I accept it. I love yeah. it. Let's keep going. <laughs> you know he loves it because he's like, this is fucking awesome just buying his own brand i fucking love it and i think that esports it kind of does have that energy or they want that energy but like it doesn't ever it's always awkward because it's always also like streamed (laughs) when you really watch esports it's a person like silently staring hard and buttons clicking and everyone else silently watching like there's no there's very rarely hype. There's big hype at the moment, you know, the climactic moment right. when someone wins, everyone cheers. But before that, it's basically just a big room that's quiet with clicking noises. And then the announcer is trying to pump hype into that situation. Yes. It's not an enviable job, esports announcer. It's tough. Did you guys ever see the, uh, or I guess hear the, like, the video of the, like, it's like a S- Smash Brothers Mega tournament? Man? Yeah. Mega Man! Mm. Protector of the universe, Lydia. Have no. you seen that? <laughs> oh, oh, we'll have man. to send you the link afterwards because it, it Abe's. You're spot on. Like that is this guy. This yeah. guy is exactly that video. It's you know how they'll release new Smash Brothers characters, yeah. and they'll be like, "Hey, this Pokemon's in Smash Brothers now." They did one where they, where they announced that Mega Man is in the game now, and the announcer. <laughs> 
loses his shit in a way that just cannot be replicated that you've got to see <laughs> it's where he's beautiful. like it's Mega Man the savior of the universe the robot we all <laughs> he, love oh, he's, Mega Man. he is three seconds from setting himself on fire <laughs> yeah, so he is, it is it is the most wholesome thing you'll experience anyway everyone check it out everyone uh, check that out oh for sure everyone google it uh, that, that sounds out. great like and subscribe that guy yeah what I want to know is if there really was because I did call helplines uh nine one nine hundred numbers but it was always a recorded voice that would go like i remember doing this for willie beamish they'd be like if you're people if you're in chapter two press two and then it's like if you need to get the frog out of the jar but you don't know how press one and these were for the younger gamers epic gamers out there that was your that was your strategy guide was like a 900 number with a recorded dial and tape right i find it hard to believe that there were ever sober adults working nine to five jobs sitting in a call center telling people is that well, real if there were it would that be expensive too right like i don't know how Haley afforded would, to yeah. sit on the phone with that guy for what seemed like a full day as he pulled out like folder after folder <laughs> right. and just explained every He's video like, game to her let's get to work <laughs> apparently yeah. 90 some games yeah i doubt i think it was more of like okay i remember having i remember having one experience where because my brothers did it and I never got to do it. But then one time I was like alone and I was having problems with like Zelda one or something like that. Mm. And I actually did get a person. Uh, but I think they mostly just did it for like, they released the game. And so for the next month, we're going to just pay pe- a bunch of people, but then it'll just be one person. Oh, you and know, then when like, that game they tails made it off, then but obviously, you can't call yeah. that number anymore. Or the number or is new games. Some, now. Yeah. It's just new games. Like I, I think it was just like, they made it work for the time. Yeah. Because yeah, it would be too frustrating. They realized fairly early on if it's too if the game is too hard, then their kids will just stop playing it. So they had to give them something. I don't know. But, now that's yeah, the whole deal. That's the whole deal. See Elden well, Ring. Everyone's like, "Yeah, punish me, game. <laughs> I hate myself." Right. We get a we get the damn level in this from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In my a v- opinion, one a very very hard game, if I recall. A very hard game. Yeah. Very hard game, and even uh, we sh- we see the wizard, and all four turtles are like have low health. I thought that actually was true to life, because <laughs> you see it him playing in the dam level, and you see they're all low life, and I thought that was like wow, that's like a deep cut, or that that wasn't something that it was like a meme that they made a joke of. Right. They were just like playing the game. And, and like whoever point. played the game and yeah. they got the footage was not doing well <laughs> right. because that's a very hard part to play. And then they were just like, yeah, okay. So put that in the movie. And then years later, it's a meme that the damn level is like one of the hardest levels in all gaming or whatever. Yeah, they, also, I don't, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say they don't always sync up. I, like, I, did, I didn't know this. My husband did. Like totally. when he was talking about playing Zelda, he was the music they were playing, I guess, was from like the town. And he was pretending like he was yeah. playing against a monster of some kind. And he was like swinging his sword around. But my husband was like, that's the mm-hmm. music for the town. He's just like in the town walking around swinging his sword around. They were pretty loose. The other thing you noticed, oh, too, when he was, was like, like, I made it past the Crystal Palace and I'm yeah, fighting the right. Warthog. Yeah. It's like, that's level one, buddy. That's the other thing <laughs> is uh, like they show Contra like four times, all from the first level of Contra. Mm-hmm. They did no work into like advancing Contra. They were like in the first level of Contra. There's that there's this part where they jump on and you're like in the Shoot jungle. And gate. then there's a part yeah. that you're like running toward the camera, you know, like. There's they just used all of that because it wasn't it was so different back then. That's what's amazing to me and why this I love the time like capsule aspect of this movie. No safe is they 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 really, really don't like know what gaming culture is and that it would become big. It's like, I don't know. There's something joyous about this movie in regards to that. Like it makes you feel like. They didn't know what they had, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. They didn't know people were going to nitpick and it like they do now. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Did exactly. anyone else feel like... I Also, we talked a little about scripted spaces, and like I've, visit, I've gone to Universal Studios many times, being an L.A. native for so long. Man, we got better at that. Like, did anyone else feel like Universal Studios seemed grim and depressing looking in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, it was yeah. all concrete blocks. 
I just yeah, it's we've come a long way, baby, when it comes to like making a fanciful amusement park that feels fun to be in. Well, I think they had to avoid a sh- lot any shots of like the good stuff because they clearly couldn't get any rights to anything. They just didn't have them that kind of money, well, right? So like the only time we cut to like what they see looking off the tram is just like generic angry like big like tall big building yeah (laughs) Yeah, or king kong and they they mentioned a movie on that tour that i googled because i wanted to watch it (laughs) um they said they were talking about a movie called mayhem in monte carlo starring peewee herman and zsa Zsa gabor and i was like put that in my eyeballs right now (laughs) 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 it does not exist that sounds Oh, unfortunately damn. yeah okay because that sounds like i don't know what that is <laughs> but i'm gonna watch it and it's gonna be a whirlwind i can already yeah tell. i was thrilled i was immediately like googling it and the only place it exists is in the trivia section of imdb for uh the wizard so <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah I, well, I don't know why i'm trying to imagine a reboot of this movie and I kind of would like it, like something that was very it would be like, completely was modernized made, and about you know okay. very very accurate about how the video. So if games it was are made like last year or two years ago, like what would the games be? Like Fortnite would be what they start off playing. Yeah, and, or Call of Duty or StarCraft or like the big esports games. Yeah, Apex Legends. And what would Valorant. the reveal? What would the Super Mario Three be? Like something like Elden Ring, I guess. It'd I be don't cool know. if it was Animal Crossing. If the kid was just really good at Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm really good at this dumping. chill game. He built like yeah. a really dope house for himself, and then everybody was in the audience, just like, like yeah, as he's moving his furniture around. They're like, oh, it's such good positioning of that couch. <laughs> Look out for the mushrooms. <laughs> It's just at people losing their minds over him picking fruit up <laughs> off the ground. It's like, oh, he he test he tapped that a like the best of them. Um, yeah, there is a. I wouldn't want to see. I wouldn't want to see this. Now. No, I don't think they should remake this movie. Right. Definitely with no Shoot none of down. the ad none of the ad sentiment. But if we wanted to do truly what this movie is, which is like a. A darker look at the community, it would be a horrible movie to watch, <laughs> you know, because they would try to like push the agenda. And we all know that like uh, what part of the identity, which, of course, they're trying to undo of a gamer is that they're like a like edgelords, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Lucas fucking... showed us the way he was a template for he the truly gamer. was yeah. the first memester. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. I'm just saying esports is so big and established now. It it feels like it makes more sense to do it now than it did there will back be, then. Like, yeah, there will be esport movie soon. Yeah, an uplifting. That like, will be like, yeah, we'll actually have the beats treated exactly like a normal sports movie. Exactly it's, the triumph I mean, of esports. Yeah. Yeah, and it's inevitable, and it. Uh, I think that they should have that W. You know, like esports is a real thing. You know why yeah. not? But it's also just funny how we do this shill stuff. As you say <laughs> it, I'm getting more and more bored of the idea, though. So maybe I'll take right. it back. Well, yeah. I just just think of the characters. That's all you have to do. You'll right. <laughs> and yeah. add some kind of weird family trauma to fuel it. You, you yeah. lose the charm of them, like, video game grifting their way across the U.S. in, like, grimy little <gasps> bars and bus stations yeah. and stuff where they're, like, tricking people into video gaming against the wizard like that that's fun i would miss that (laughs) (laughs) you're game sharking people i kind of take it back it like it immediately becomes a great movie if they just keep that aspect of it like it's it's like our reality right now except that it is just assumed that young kids grift and go to this go go to the road to play video games that's what they do that would that I would see. Baby that Grifter is a great trope. I love Baby Grifter. <laughs> Baby Grifter is top notch. Also, if you are a Super Mario Brothers three expert out there, I would love to know: Does warping? Does warp? <laughs> does using the warp pipe and going several levels ahead give you a high pipe. score? I don't think it adds to your score. It must. Would it? Or does like right? killing a Goomba in World Four count for more points than killing a Goomba in World One? Oh, uh-huh. there are bigger Goombas. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm hung up on harder Goombas. This is all unraveling before my eyes. All right, 
Uh, is that the wizard? Does anyone have any more wizard thoughts? Uh, that's that's my we're wrapping up sigh. Yeah, Lydia, no, if you're I, not yeah, familiar. no, I figured I was. I, I I talked about Mayhem and Monte Carlo. That's the one thing I wanted to ask about because if anyone knows about that movie, <laughs> please tell me. Please reach out to me via any medium and tell me where I can find it. Was, yeah, was if there, anyone ever took that ball and ran with it, we want to see the end result. <laughs> is there fanfic? It's got to be fanfic of some kind. <laughs> okay, that I don't want. Please don't yeah. email me your fanfic of Zsa Zsa Gabor and Pee Wee Herman. that to me. That <laughs> <laughs> can go to me, not Lydia. Man, we're such video heads, guys. We're bad. Yep, just three video heads signing off here. Another signing successful off. frame rate. Uh, so bad. Not the kind of movie we would naturally cover without impetus. So thank you again, Nerd Numbers. Uh, it was fun to discuss for sure. I thank don't you. think we got as highfalutin as we do on the Coen Brothers, Brothers or what have you. But yeah, it feels like a breath of fresh air. Much like this movie did. I was, I, I was honestly more engaged than I thought, despite all the crazy shit that we just talked about the child assault (laughs) yeah and of course uh deep abiding thank you to lydia bug thanks for being here where can people find more of your stuff online Um, you can find me on twitter at you know lydia or i write for 1900hotdog.com uh which i'm sure you guys have had sean and brockway on here before it's uh Mm, yeah yeah, big fans their website i'm a weekly columnist so once a week i put up an article and uh it's great and you should check it out I bought Definitely. some Steve Buscemi cookie cutters thanks to your <laughs> article. So thank you. You found them. Wow, because they were sold out when I looked. <laughs> Damn. I yeah. would, I'm dying to know yeah. how hot, that goes. Hot Please dog tell indeed. me how Steve Buscemi it comes out because I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work or not. I have a Buscemi wholesaler oh, guy. Okay. I, you know, I'm connected <laughs> in that Jeez. realm. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a real problem. <laughs> He's got a yeah. whole storage facility full of Buscemi's. Buscemi. 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 Right in. Let know. us know. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know about the two things we asked. Until uh, <laughs> then, we'll be back with more frame rates, I guess, or whatever we decide to put I think out we next. Just, I think on this channel, like we just that. do whatever the whatever the heck we want. That's right. Uh, we, we put out... We're we're maniacs with podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have so many podcasts, you can't even keep a track of them. But you can find so, them all over at patreoncom smallbeans or on your podcasting app. Just search for Small Beans. Yeah, yeah. And now an outro that says that this has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!